Welcome to Authors in Chains, by writers, for writers. Hosted by J.R. Ryu, Ray Burton, Robert Davies, and Ray Bailey. Hey writers, welcome back to Authors in Chains. Today our panel of hosts will be discussing their experience with publishing. All right, so who's got, let's talk about experience with publishing. We'll start with Robert. Okay. First attempt to write a book, submit, look for a lit agent. We're roughly equivalent to trying to get off the beach at Dunkirk with floaties. Fuck. Didn't work. That's so was involved. Yeah. That really well, was. Um, yeah, it was. I tried the what I perceived at the time, having not known any better. You go get a lit agent. A lit agent gets you a publisher. You shop it around and you query. And and it sounded like a good idea to me. The idea was if you have a decent book, things will take care of themselves. And um, it was anything but. In the first place, getting a reading from an agent was literally impossible. I never got one of them to accept. I got three responses that said, uh, we don't have any interest in science fiction. Go away. So well, that, I, I, yeah, I tend so to that, find agents tend to be very geared towards whatever they think they can market at that moment. Absolutely. And that is something I didn't learn until much later on in the process. Yeah. I didn't have, and, and I will freely admit I have now five years into this, an almost irrational hatred for lit agents. And some every once in a while it seeps out on Twitter, but it is astonishing to me that they are still in the publishing industry. And the sooner they leave, the better, as far as I'm concerned works for some folks. If you're in that place that is marketable to them in the moment, by the way, it changes month to month. It is a, it is a mercenary self-serving crew is what I'm getting down to. And they say, we want to help you be a better writer. We want to help you be a successful writer. I don't think that is remotely true for most of them. I'm sure it as is for some. As long as but you for, write what they want. Exactly. Well, and so. that, yeah. And this comes out to people who are listening to this. Rejections from lit agents don't necessarily have anything to do with the content of your book. Correct. Literally. Yeah, that's the part that I that I think a lot of, especially new authors that, that don't understand how this industry works, are going to think, man, I just uh, uh, I need to do something to be a better writer. Not necessarily. What you what you have is a singular view, one person's view of your creativity and your talent, and it is. It, 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 we take for granted, for example, if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, hey, your ass has fallen off. If you give me some dough, I'm going to put some bolts in here and here and it'll keep it on. And you think, okay, that sounds really weird. I've never heard about somebody bolting my ass on. But so he's I'm a doctor. Yeah. So I will go get a second opinion. And, and even then, I mean, think about this. Arithmetically, you're asking for a, an opinion of an individual singular individual. I don't, maybe they didn't get laid last night. Maybe they have no idea what they're doing. Maybe they're brilliant and who knows, but it is the ultimate crapshoot. When you query, you're asking a very small handful of people who may be so far removed from your genre or from just simply their own personal likes and dislikes. And they apply them as authority to tell, you no. And that, and that's, you're right. Oh, go ahead, JR. There's a couple of sites that actually have a massive database of agents and publishers, and these people actually list specifically what they're looking for 
in their profile, and you can query only those who are interested in what you're writing. I did. Because some agents are specialty. Well, well I they agree. They only some do sci-fi or they only right. do crime. Yep. Or they'll tell you what they won't accept, and 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 I understand that. And my list was was drawn from the very thing, and I thought, okay, so this person, some of them were men, some were women. It was not a gender issue. I was kind of surprised because most of what I do is science fiction. It has never been a really huge uh, uh, market to penetrate. <laughs> I can't believe I said that in the if huh, you penetrate, but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, well, hey, okay, Robert. Yeah. Ahead, so how deep, how, what deep dive on sci-fi do you do? Like where are you at in that genre? Uh, most of it is really kind of formulaic stuff, space opera stuff. I ah, create okay. worlds and aliens and I put them, I put a handful of humans on a mission to accomplish something. It's a little bit adventure, a little bit of romance. It's always a, a, a relationship thrown in and I use science fiction uh, other worlds and futuristic times as a backdrop, but it's mostly adventure love stories. It's oh, just cool. more fun when you, when you create aliens. Well, so it's now he's yeah. fucking stealing my books, bastard. That's kind of like Jack McDevitt's style of science fiction. Well, I mean, that's what I think yeah. a lot of us but for sci-fi do that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I have I've got a three three humans, you know, in a ship missions. No romance, but it's very much action adventure slammed yeah. on military. You know. It's, you know, it's, I suppose you could say, Ray, it's, um, it's formulaic sci-fi. We all add something to it that is unique to our personal experiences, our view of the world, our ability to wordsmith the things that are interesting. That is, you cannot duplicate it. We are all unique and, and why we never run out of stories. People have been writing books for a thousand years and we still keep coming up with new shit. And that's True. as it should be. But it, this isn't as it, it's not as though I'm I'm trying to uh, uh, get to cutting or bleeding edge weirdness in sci-fi. I'm not sure that I, I guess it's been called traditional or old school sci-fi. I'm, mm. I'm not. It, it, Dang, I should wrong with that. Well, it's no, like, and not, I, contemporary sci-fi. Sci fans I like think me. Is yeah. I haven't. I, I'm. I don't know if it's this true for you guys, but I found that I, since I started actually seriously writing, I don't read for shit. I, nah, I, yeah, I have a problem doing that too. I tend the, to, you know, analyze the, the book. Yeah, the time I, I spend reading is time I'm supposed to be book. writing, and and now that's it's a, hard. It it is. Jr. can get away with it. I can't. I think. If well, I'm you guys have books. lives. I cannot stop gaining information. My brain won't stop. Well, I mean, I, so I, I have to learn I stuff or keep my brain active at all times. I mean, I, I write something every day, whether it's 500 words or 5,000 words. I'm always writing something every day. I have to. I can't not. You know, if I don't write that day, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm I, I literally it gets under my skin. Well, it's like if I'm getting kind of stuck, like I'm. I just don't like the story or whatever. I know I liked it yesterday, but today I don't like it. So fuck it. I'm going to go read something else and well, get my mind off of it a little while. So when I come back to it, I'll have had all that bullshit out of uh, my I'm sorry, guys, but my Go ahead, question Ray. got everybody off topic. No, that's okay. That's okay. I was going to say, you know, for writing, okay. I, 
I put down a 110,000 word book and started a brand new one because I just didn't like the story I was writing. But that's the whole. But back to agents. I mean, when I go to when I've approached agents, literally, you'll get responses like, oh, well, I'm only looking for one legged midgets who are anorexic, who spout Shakespeare and Pig Latin. Are you that guy? Well, no. <laughs> You know, I mean, seriously, they get very yeah. specific as to what they want. That stuff is ludicrous. Jesus. It, is it really reflect the market or their view of it? That's something well, else that's It reflects to what they can market. Yeah, what yeah. they think they can market to a publisher. And they're very specific, and they are not shy about telling you, you know, I want lesbian erotica science fiction. If you've got that, I'm your man. Or, you know, I want... I want um, erotic monsters with tentacles, or I want a zombie romance. I mean, they literally have a very specific idea as to what they can market at that moment. And it changes every so, week. So the, let, let, let me condense, because Ray just guilted me into coming to the point. No, that's good. Um, that's not fucking good for something. I'm blaming somebody other than me consistently. Well, you, okay, Sorry. so... I couldn't. I couldn't get an agent to to look. I, obviously, I'm not going to get through to a publisher. I tried. I tried. I tried. I didn't get anything except a we don't care. Most of them would not respond in any way, shape, or form. And I thought, okay, uh, I can self-publish. I can do. I can just punch this up on Amazon and go that route. And I did. And exactly, no one saw it because if you're not, if if you don't have exposure. You're no one except your friends and your family are ever going to read it. Other people know how to work Amazon My better than I do. Won't read it. <laughs> My well, family I mean, will not read what I write. Well, I come I, from a very conservative Southern Christian family. <laughs> they ain't reading what I write. Well, I, I I put it up and it was unedited. It was dreadful. And I pulled it back down. I discovered an independent publisher that that's, uh, will do for me what a traditional will do, but I don't need an agent. And I went that route. I, I, I published through BHC Press in Livonia, Michigan. They've been great. Uh, they handle a lot of the things that any other publisher would do, but they the, the, when I was discussing it with them, and this is something folks who are listening in who are trying to figure out options to how they get themselves published, is to remember, 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 God, if you don't remember anything, remember this. There is a market for everything. It just depends on the avenue to get it out. They're a growing indie. Their exposure through Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Brookstons and lots of places was not really in place at the time. It is now, and so I, my opportunities have opened up as they've continued to grow. There's a shit ton of indies that operate in the same way, and it's a, a hell of a good option. I did. I obviate the, the the requirement for agents and querying and all of this bullshit. I it worked for some. I don't want to discount it completely. So, it well, so Rob, me. what do you gain and what do you lose? Oh, that's, first, that's a good one, right? That's that is an excellent cover. question. In the first place, what I gain is absolute and permanent control over my IP. Huh. A, a lot of independents, or excuse me, a lot of traditional. Big shot publishing houses, Penguin and Random House and McGraw-Hill, you name it. If you get through the laborious, miserable process of getting an agent to rep you, you've already – now you've taken 10 to 15 percent off everything you publish is going in somebody else's pocket who didn't create shit. 
Next, if you get to a publisher, most of them own your IP, and they'll decide how it is used and when. Now, to be fair, they have a burden, a financial burden, to print and distribute that indies don't do. Most indies said that is a, a barrier because it, if when the risk goes up for the publisher, your ability to get through to them goes way down. You're never going to. And so what the indies do is print, uh, print on demand. So when I send my manuscript to them and they, they take care of the cover, they take care of all of this stuff, it's supposed to be hardback down to audio. It doesn't matter. All in- inclusive. When that goes to, a, to, the pr- to the printer distributor, which in my case is Ingram Spark. if somebody goes on to Barnes & Noble or Amazon or any of the seven or eight retail outlets that you can buy it. You can buy it through the publisher if you wish. Right. Any, all you need is an ISBN. The, uh, you can go into John and Timmy's book emporium in Ratbag, Iowa, and they just punch it into their computer and presto, there it is. And actually, when that, that brings me the ISBN I want to cover in a second, but go ahead. Go ahead. So when, when, when someone buys my, my title, this is the bad part because that retailer is going to get the majority of that money right off the top. They don't do anything. They're just providing a, a pathway through to, a, a, to exchange money for a product. But when that happens, that order goes to the printer distributor. It arrives and the book is printed within 24 hours. It's on its way. I don't care if it's one or a hundred. That's how they do it. If you an order comes in, somebody paid for it. They print it and they distribute it. They no one prints these in cases of a hundred or uh, you know uh, twenty thousand and sends them out to bookstores. It that is a huge financial risk. Most publishers won't take unless you are a known uh, uh, published author with hundreds of thousands of copies sold. They won't look at you. Or this lets you people have an amazing story. Well, a lot of the times they don't read it. Yeah. Or it's a, on somebody. If they see a serious talent that they can. But they, you know, yep. But he, most of the time, what they're looking for is uh, the pilot of the airplane that landed in the Hudson river. That guy's not an author. He gets, he gets a ghostwriter. He right. has an in the moment, big time story. And they say, Hey, we'll publish you. And they punch out a hundred thousand copies and they pay him a million bucks. And there is the end of his publishing career. He's never was an author to begin with, but that is an in the moment. They know they can sell that because it's current uh, topical and interesting to people after that. No, you better have been published a long time ago or they're mostly not going to look at you. Indies take care of that. They fill that gap and they're gaining ground uh, because of that. Probably as much as anything else is their ability to Take in, and I mean, it has to be non-workable as a book. You have to be able to write a decent book. What you don't have to do is bring a name, and that's the difference. They, if you're a good writer, you can go to Penguin or Random House, and they'll say, we have no idea who you are, and you ain't coming in. You go to an indie, they look at your work. They don't care about your name. They look at your work, and they say, ah, this is pretty good. We'll give this a go. They have editors proofers, if you need polish, they have it for you, but they don't have a gigantic risk. And that is really what separates them from the big houses. So no, I don't have an agent, but I got a pretty darn good indie publisher and all of my books have gone out through them. And now it's, 
I'm glad I did, but there's more of them. It's not just BHC. They're really good. I like them, but I'm, so I'm going to give them a shout out, but there are a lot of other really good independent publishers. And that's the route that I take. And at this point, I have no interest in being represented. I don't need it. This process works. I keep more of my money of the money that, that I should say the retail, but more importantly than anything else, no one has control over my IP. And if somebody ever came along and said, Hey, this is a great book. We'd like to option this. Can you, uh, pictures or somebody would like to turn it into a series or, well, let me, let me, it, it, yeah, that let me is, jump in here real quick before we go all doom and gloom on independent publishing. Because I like that. <laughs> no, no, I, I like the the independent publishing. There are because I've done this. As I said, my my, my first series is entirely independently published. Um, it does give you a lot more options. What you do gain for those of you who like the traditional publishing are interested in the traditional publishing route. It gives you clout. It gives you a better marketing arm. It gives you you're paying money, but you aren't getting things for those money. It just depends on what you're willing to do. You do get end caps at Barnes and Noble. You do get uh, featured presentation in their their handouts and newsletters. You do get um, better treatment at conferences. You do get um, people who actually give you reviews for your books who are other popular authors. There's a lot of things you do gain by going a traditional route and that you, you get don't get to newspapers and critics Correct. And, yep. and the awards, because let's face it, the last 10 years or what, seven years of awards like Hugo, the people who win, Big Five, Tor, Random House, Penguin, yeah. these are the guys who win the awards. There has not been an independent person who's won a Hugo. They've all been big publisher house um, authors. Well, that will change eventually. Uh, exactly yes. so. It's changing right now. That's a good point. It's, and and that's a the 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 marketing end of this is the is the weak link in an, in all indie publishing. They don't have the horsepower. They don't have the name. They frankly don't have the money. But be, as that that is, has been in the last five years, an exponential <coughs> growth market. That is going to it change, is. and it's changing dramatically. And also the it it's. It's not great times for traditional houses because they have locked themselves in to a, such a small market that they start recycling. Things are not changing, and that is what makes people look at indies. They're, see, they're seeing stuff come out of indies that it's opened their eyes to people who were damn talented authors but would never have had that opportunity. It's a matter well, of time. Yeah, well, here's also there's also a downside to that in a little bit, and I've seen it in a lot of indie authors. There are a lot of people who don't do proper editing in their books, so their books are 50,000 words or 30,000 words and not 100,000. There's a lot less quality control, and that does turn some people off to reading indie. Now, the problem, one of the issues with indie is a lot of writers, a lot of authors, don't really have an understanding of basic marketing. Their, their covers are basic or they're not really compelling. Their blurbs aren't compelling because they don't have somebody to sit there and, and reread it for them. Um, I was beneficial in that I can do my own covers. I can do my own advertising. So I actually, you know, make money every month on my books that I've got out there that I independently published. But there's a lot of authors who are finding that frustrating, the, the advertising and marketing end of it. You know, what's successful? Where do I spend money? You know, how do I how do I leverage my work and turn it into something I can actually get paid for? And this is a big frustration with the indie market right now. It's the uh, now the interesting you mentioned that because the quality control part of this and editing, which was when I started with indies, literally vacant. There was no such thing. They relied on you to go buy an editor, proofer, 
Correct. They did. They did pretty good covers. I have to say, BHC makes covers for a lot of people. They don't publish because they're really good at it. That's just them. A lot of indies don't. But now you can't. I'm. I cannot get a book through them. Even I've been publishing with them for five or six years. Uh, they. They are. Uh, I suppose you could say far more scrupulous on on what they will put to press compared to what they did when I was first with them. Right. My, I had to go through two editors and a, a squadron of proofers before they would accept it. So the quality, they, I think they already knew that. Well, no and there's, and that's a different, as I said, there's, there's like, it's almost like there's three because there's <laughs> independent publishing going through Amazon, Smashwords, D2D, or there's independent publishing houses like you do, which is BHC and a couple of others who leverage places like Ingram Spark to publish books, but they have more quality control. It really depends on which avenue you're taking. Um, if you are doing it through Amazon or Smashwords or D2D, you have full control over your marketing, intellectual property, the content, and your covers. So there are people out there who do a good job, and there are people out there who don't. Because there is no oversight. In your situation, there is, and that's awesome. I'd like to see more of that avenue because there is that secondary opinion on on editing and proofreading um, versus some of the direct independents, like going directly to Amazon and just putting your book out. Um, whereas you do gain more money, you do gain a lot more control, but at the same time, you're not getting a feedback you might desperately need. I think you and I, Raymond, are... I'm probably a tier or two down from your experience, and I and I am, am in, in a comfortable niche, and I'm I'm disinclined to fix what's not broken. <laughs> right. But Raber and Jr. have I think two totally separate separate approaches to this. Um, I, I want to hear how how they where they're at. I mean, Jr. is getting ready to publish, publish for the first time. She's been yep. writing for a 10,000 years, but she's now. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying, you know, there is no, a difference between true, writing and... It's true. Yeah, I, so, I never let anybody yeah. see what I write, but once I became anonymous, I felt more free because writing is a very, very personal thing for me. Well, it is for I, everybody, I think. I, yeah. I don't... It's asking me why I write. It's like asking me why I breathe. It's you got right? It's just right. what I am. I have never been able to turn it off. And what about so you know, Ray? Had this, go ahead, Ray. I was going to say JR and I have had this conversation about her publishing. I was going to say go ahead and share what your tactic and plan is, and then we'll right. go to Ray and find out there too. Exactly. We went. I decided to go with D2D because they publish to everybody. They push to everybody, including Amazon, which. Smashwords does not do. Um, they uh, they're trying to get more uh, publishers and bookstores and all that to you know push the stories to. They offer a lot of services, including editing, help with your covers, up with formatting, blah blah blah. And they want fifteen percent for stuff that's sold, you know, through their process, which. Frankly, for all the customer service and all the assistance they can give you, I don't mind paying a little money to somebody else for helping me because they also help you set it up in an EPUB so that you can go and do your crap on KDP because 
apparently Kindle is a big thing. <laughs> Kindle is a big thing, yeah. I, I can't read hmm. books on, online so much. I need the paper. Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's what we've decided to do, so. Right. Well, you guys are giving me a lot of food for thought, I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> as far as this all goes here, I feel like I'm the baby of the group, um, and it, it's good because um, I think as far as as writing and publishing goes, I, I kind of take the approach where uh, snipers versus machine guns, I, I hope I have a full box and it's strapped to the bottom, and I'm just going <laughs> to let her spray and pray. So I... I started writing out basically sets and reps and stuff with the fitness books and all that. So there wasn't really much author talent involved. I, you know, I'd write out a routine and I'd give the ins and outs and bam, PDF, off we go. And then I found out about the the Amazon self-publishing, so I put that up there. And, I mean, I already got blasted for the you are and your and all that jazz even, even back then. Um, <laughs> you know, know. There yeah. and there, yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel your pain, man. Yeah. So, you know, I threw that up there because I was, man, I, like I said, it was all about the money. I just, I'll be honest. And uh, so I threw it up there. And then uh, I just, I just thought the fitness market was getting saturated. So I wanted to, I wanted to write fiction and, uh, you know, suck at it. So uh, I wrote my first bit playing off military stuff and again self-published it and it did suck and i thought it was good and people read it and people were like okay and i appreciate that but i felt bad like a year or two later that i had used people's time on it (laughs) that they actually did it (laughs) and uh so i pulled it and uh i started learning more about the craft and i'm still such a baby at it that I would gladly give up a percentage of profits, um, even the lion's share, to have somebody work over it editing-wise and cover-wise. Because as time goes by, I see more and more holes in my writing as like I reread my own book to see what I've learned and what I've seen. And if I could have someone catch it early on, man, I would pay for that. Well, see, that's what beta readers are great for, because right now I have two that are awesome. I found them on Wattpad, and they were fans, so I've got them doing beta reading, and they're pointing out a lot of the crap that an editor would find, so that then I can go back and fix everything, then reread it myself, and make whatever changes I feel are necessary Mm-hmm. And then I will have somebody edit it again after that before I publish it. Yeah, see now, I think you folks came at this from like, we are going to write a good book. I came at this like, how can I get a product to market as quick as possible? And I mean, I know it sounds sleazy. <laughs> but yeah, but you are coming from a nonfiction uh, perspective, and that's... You you shouldn't feel weird about it because that's exactly precisely what you should be doing. No one writes nonfiction unless they are out to communicate something uh, that is not uh, born of your creativity. You're telling 
So you're, you're, you're rolling out facts, your processes, mm. truths. That's totally different. When you go into fiction, uh, you really have gone into the, you've gone from the frying pan into the fire because it's hotter than shit down here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> don't get yeah. to, you don't get to rely on, on at least arguable truths. You have to make stuff up. And while you're and busy I suck making, at that, right? Well, yes. no, no, not, no. See, you you uh, haven't done it long enough, right? There's, yeah, there's yeah. also, there's also something about people that some people are only good at writing certain things. You wouldn't expect Dean Koontz to write a romance, mm. or Stephen King to write a comedy. Or, well, I could see Stephen King writing a comedy. He's got enough subtle funny in his to be able to do it. But I get it, the overtones. He's so, because of how he writes his books, um, it just, it wouldn't play well. And if what you're good at is the technical stuff, then you should write the technical stuff. Right. I, you, do you guys remember Board? Have you guys, were you guys on the internet like, <laughs> in like yeah. 2000, 2001. Oh, I was on the internet the minute it arrived. So thank you for reminding me. I'm old. That's <laughs> very, very considerate of you, Jr. Hey, I remember when it was freaking dial-up pay by the minute. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a four-digit ICQ number, and I still remember CompuServe, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So um, I, was, I was there, and I was hanging out with some people that were pretty cool. And they needed help. And, you know, I just volunteered my time. Well, I ended up writing a full freaking technical manual for the new version that was coming out. And I, I, I was decent at it. Not great because I got a little descriptive in places, but, you know, that's because that's the way I think. You might think from a completely different way and you may need to do things with facts and figures and develop your style first that way and well, then yeah. work yourself over into an area that you're unfamiliar with. It's well, funny you say that because that is what I actually, my intuition said. Well, I'll tell you what, there's this guy, this, this, this trainer, uh, Bill Starr. And he wrote stories about this guy. I think it was like Uncle Buck or something like that. Not the movie, but like his Uncle Buck, who used to come as a sailor into town. And every time he did, he would go and weight train with him. And his sailor uncle was a big, strong man or whatever. And he would reiterate this lesson about physical fitness through the story of going to the gym with his Uncle Buck. And I was like, that, this, I love these fucking things. Because you could read it and it was a story, but you learned how to accomplish something with them. And I was like, man, I should be doing that. But so sorry, just to agree with you there. Well, actually, well, it's funny. Another if, thing. If Ray used to do bodybuilding stuff. He's probably used my products because I wrote uh, Europa Sports, their website, which is a big company that does a bunch of freaking, you know, vitamins and shit like that. I think oh. that's kind of funny. Another yeah, but, thing yeah, is that you do have to read. Well, if you, you do. don't read other people's fiction, then you can't exactly build up your talent because yeah. you don't have I mean, examples to learn from. Well, that's what we learned so, from. Now, that's an interesting point. For, for Ray, uh, never mind his limitations from nationality. We, we've accepted that. <laughs> um, so the kind of adventure stuff that, that Ray has 
direct experience, and even if it's just from consuming it, I'm not saying that he had to be Rambo, but so Ray, what I'm asking you is if at this stage, you're early in this, you're going off into fiction now, literally for the first time, I suppose, productively as you're, as you're honing your writing skills, who, who do you read? Who have you read that adds or that you identify with and think this is the kind of stuff I'd like to write? That's Not the one. way yeah. he, they write it, but this is the kind of stuff, the genre I would like to write. Who, who are some authors that you look to? Interesting. Okay, so the books that I've always read have been stuff like Way of the Peaceful Warrior, um, uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, that kind of fiction back when I figured like I wanted some self-help and that was the way my blog went for years. I read all this stuff and, you know, listened to Alan Watts and got all this philosophy stuff going on. And eventually I was like, yeah, the end point of all this philosophy is just don't give a fuck and do what makes you happy. And so I got away from that. And the fiction I enjoyed reading was like, uh, old man's war. Uh, is it Scalzi? Yeah. John Scalzi. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and also funny enough, I like, uh, young adult stuff like hunger games. You fucking in love with Harry Potter, man. That's weird, dude. You went from Millman to Scalzi. And that's, that's, but that's what we do as writers. Don't we, we, we want to, we read, I mean, God, Koontz, Ludlum, King, um, you know, Crichton. And we take that and we go, God, I want to create something like that. But don't we get okay. our initial styles from these people? Maybe not exactly, but that's how we start right. to write. Okay, well, but the, stylistically, th- th- those were the stories I enjoyed. But stylistically, the first person to blow my mind was um, Bradbury. Well, who can well, blame you there? Yeah, Bradbury. Because right. I was reading it, and he talked about this one part where they were burning books, right? And I'm yeah, reading it, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, one of the best exactly. ever written. Uh, and uh, and uh, he talks about this book with his pages flapping, and it was like a pigeon dying in the fire. And I was just like. Great analogy, yeah. And I just thought, holy crap, you know. And uh, from him, I started thinking, I read something, oh, the uh, Zen and the Art of Writing. And I started to realize the importance of metaphors. And at this point, I had already pumped out my first version of what was Battlefield Baron or Colors War. Guess where right. I got the title? Old yeah. Man's War, Colors War, right? Yep, I got it. I even, I even copied the font on the cover. That's cause funny. Because I'm a Don't, sleaze bag. Sh- Don't right. tell Scalzi. Don't yeah. tell Scalzi. Yeah. Can so we wrap this up? We're, we're okay. We're, we're a break. couple more minutes. Okay. We'll do a couple minutes if you want to step out. We'll end this pretty quickly. Yeah. No, but, but I, you know, that, that's a good thing. Um, okay. but I mean, what, your, your experience was all, was, was bodybuilding books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us are English lit majors. I certainly not. I was computers for 20 years. I mean, well, and, I'm a and, journalism major, so I have, okay, well, you're, I, I get it. Then at right. least you had, you had some literary background piece to build from. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, a lot don't, and that's an excellent point. I'm glad yeah. you said because a shit ton of people aren't English majors, they're not comm majors, they're not journalism majors, they're just folks who want, who have that calling, who need to write, and it's a different path for them, but it doesn't mean they can't walk it. 
Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I spent 20 years using periods and commas and pound signs or slay-k hashtags differently than most people. I write in 14 different languages. None of them are English. You know, so coming back to write English was not actually easy for me. Um, you know, thank God for spell checks and editors because I don't use periods for crap. I tend to comma everything, you know, mm. I mean, to break my fingers for it all the time. Okay. I guess I went sideways, but the, the point I was trying to make was uh, there is at some point I'd like to talk about those breakthrough moments when you realize you got to fucking learn how a story works, like yeah. the structure of a story. So at some point I'd like to talk about that. But when you talk about the publishing, I hacked my way on Amazon, but I really think what you guys are talking about with, with this ability to get someone to edit for you, it will save so much time. And I think it, it sounds like a really good option. The thing, though, the the beauty of what you're saying, I mean, JR's got a couple of beta readers. That's a really smart place to go. Agreed. All through this process, though, um, if I can't impress anything else, uh, you have to be patient because it takes forever to, to do this. But you have to check your ego at the door because people look at a book. They look at the work. They look at how it's structured, the grammar. You cannot have them patting you on the back if you need to be kicked in the ass. So when they do, you just – you've got to grow a thick skin because you're going to have somebody attacking – in your mind, your creativity. And it's not necessarily that at all. You, you will develop and you grow. I look up at the first draft I ever wrote of my first book. And I just think to myself, wow, you are going to actually try to get this public. <laughs> oh God. Well, I mean, yeah. that's it. I've built, I've, I have a private reading group where I have beta readers and I manage a small group that people who actually read the book. I have an editor you know, I've actually sent it out to other people and paid them to take a look at it for different parts. So, yeah, there's there's processes and parts you look at that you kind of need because you have to have that that feedback, even if it's just one or two people. That's mm. important. That's exactly so there. You're you're going to develop your own voice. There's there's nothing that you can do to change it. You write the way you do. You may not even have gotten there yet, but I assure you. You're going to write the way you write. You can you can work the grammar and the structure and wordsmithing and find a way to phrase something in a clever, more attractive way. That comes with time. But your voice is what it is, and it, it's always going to be that way. Don't fight it. Somebody may say, "Hey, you know, you remind me of something or other." Well, you give them a, a give them a beer and say, "Thanks, uh, nice talking to you." It's utterly irrelevant. You're going to have your own voice. Finding it is a is a journey. But you will. Hmm. Yeah, but finding. No, we were just talking about uh, beta readers because that was one of the things we had talked about. Yeah, finding somebody, even if it's somebody you know, if it's somebody you know whose opinion you trust, hell, find another author who's starting out and, and offer to trade books to read each other's to see what they think. Anything to get somebody else's voice to kind of give you an idea. And it has to be somebody who gives you a real assessment, not somebody who just tells you, oh, it's great. I think it's cute. You're writing. You know, you don't want that. (laughs) I I don't like people that blow smoke at my ass. Correct. You've got to have to come hard at you. Okay. So anyway, there you go. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, let's wrap, let's wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. No, that's okay. That's okay. Well, uh, let's wrap this up real quick. Anybody got any other topics regarding this? I think we actually covered a pretty good amount of this journey, even though we got a little sidetracked, got a little sidetracked, but we did good. 
it wouldn't be a, an authors in chains podcast if somebody oh, didn't shit, jerk no. us down some <laughs> stupid rat hole. Yeah, because apparently Squirrel. we could talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knew we were long winded? Yeah. Excellent. No shit, right? Good right, session. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another episode of Authors in Chains. We'll see you next week. Keep up to date with the latest news, opinions, tutorials, and more. Simply visit www.authorsinchains.com. Sign up for our mailing list to be one of the first to see any new information we post. Also, check out our Facebook page by searching Authors in Chains from the Facebook search bar. Last, but definitely not least, don't forget to check Twitter under hashtag Authors in Chains. If you have a topic you want to see discussed, or are interested in being on the show, or recommending someone who you think we should get on the show, contact us directly either by going to the contact page on the website or simply email shout at authorsandchains.com. We'll see you next week.